Vic Roads and Social Procurement. Let's have a look. Hello everyone, I'm Florian Heiser and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. We've got my shine of coffee and I'm relaxing on a Sunday and I thought we'd talk about a topic that a viewer sent to me. He got an email from Vic Rhodes. I think I'd probably more propaganda or they wanted him to pay a bloody bill or his registration. You know what it's like. And in that email, they mentioned social procurement. Social procurement. So they've got a video. They have a video and I will turn on my desktop audio and we shall listen to this video. And now I will have to cut in so they don't copyright me. You know how these people are on social media. We'll have a listen here. Many of us receive opportunities that help move our careers and lives forward. But some people are not as fortunate. Okay. It's called life. Life isn't fair. So that's good. Good first message they've got there. I would say that that sign uh, there, that exit sign that Vic Roads have is no longer compliant with Australian standards or the NCC. You need to upgrade that. This is, you know, a free recommendation there. Maybe, maybe you should be looking at that, ensuring that you've got your safety systems in place before this. And look at all this garbage here in front of a fire hose reel. Wow. That's terrible. <laughs> That's just shit. What if we could help create these opportunities for people in our daily work at Big Road? Oh, you do. You do. It's called facilitating the economy. But, I mean, you've got to understand this is a... Oh, yep. The Victorian government has established a social procurement policy for all government agencies to engage social suppliers to deliver products and services. They're like other companies but provide employment opportunities, services, or generate profits for Indigenous and disabled people and disadvantaged Victorians. Okay, I've encountered this in the construction industry before, and there's two ways businesses approach to it. One way that's good and one way that's bad. Well, let's see. Let's see how this is framed. You'll find social suppliers exist in most sectors, from maintenance and traffic management to catering and construction. Even this video you're watching Big By a social supplier. Social supplier. With a huge footprint across Metro and regional Victoria, can use substantial buying power to generate social value and change. And with our state going through one of the biggest infrastructure booms ever, now is the perfect time to make a change. Okay. Okay. So, it all sounds nice. It all sounds good, but there is an insidious side to this. Now there was this, this type of thing is very common in a lot of tender processes, uh, even a tender for, you know, just the city down that way, Logan, the city between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, they had a tender for a, a project, a design of a stadium. We submitted it in, you would, there would be preference to people who employed locals. There was a preference for local, you know, if you had any Loganites on your team. Yeah, and there's also Australian, um, most government tenders have preferences for Australian products, Australian manufacturing, those type of things. Now, generally, I've got no, no issues with that. The problem was actually finding someone manufacturing stuff in Australia. That was the challenge. But the thing is here, what, what they're claiming, and we'll jump back here. The thing is here is they're using this for social purposes. They're going to create an environment where businesses that 
uh, hiring indigenous people or hiring an identity group turn you know they're going to turn people of an identity group into a commodity so people will hire them in their business to win this type of government work it will give them a leg up in the tendering process to win it it may even be more important than price because he's given no no explanation of that in this video now in construction there's a lot of um similar thing with a lot of government work particularly for indigenous projects or indigenous suppliers now i remember meeting a lot of builders that are you know having coffee for them just you know networking getting to know them that's oh we've got this indigenous arm of the business you know and we can provide all this and really help out and i go yeah okay but is it actually doing something or do you just have figureheads sitting there owning the business while you're running everything and it's not actually making any difference that's usually where the conversation ends i remember there was one big um, manufacturer in melbourne They'd actually gone out of their way and they'd hired a, a indigenous uh, sports star to be a liaison between you know young indigenous people coming into the company as to kind of do, bridge the cultural divide now frankly i think a lot of it had to do with tremendous socioeconomic differences you had people coming from very poor communities probably the first person ever in the family to have a job father may be in jail fatherless environment doesn't even have shoes to turn up for work and that they brought someone in there to help negate that. Now, I would argue that's not purely a uh, indigenous community thing. I, I'd imagine you'd have a lot of communities regardless of their race. But that was their approach to it. That was how they did it. They wanted to make an impact. The business did. They wanted to make an impact. So they took that on their own initiative. So that was a market response driven by the desire of the owners of the business to leave a legacy. You know, the greedy capitalists doing it. But what happened was when they started getting all these government tenders, they were putting pressure on him. Oh, bring these guys up, bring these guys up. We need them on. We need to have them on the ownership path or these type of things so we can win this work. So there's the danger. It creates an unfair environment. It creates discrimination. And in the end, it's doing a disservice to these people. Because why should a business that happens to employ you know some of a particular race or a particular gender have a commercial advantage artificially compared to another business and remember this is all taxpayer money and taxpayer resources used from people would you justify that spending so it's something to keep in mind so let's jump through let's read their their social procurement their social procurement so we're implementing social procurement to help break the cycle of disadvantaged, create jobs and strengthen communities across Victoria. Well, maybe you need to, you know, address the crime problems all throughout Victoria. When we make a purchase, we can make a difference. Okay. Maybe, what would you rather? Would you rather the government shoehorns social policy into business purchases or actually gets the best value for money and reduces the cost of their services so you have more of your money. Who would be better at doing this? Who would be better at doing, you know, providing support to people in the community? The government or individuals? I'd say individuals. So as of June 2019, social procurement is being implemented across Vic Roads. 
watch watch uh, Paul and all the Vic Rhodes, uh, Chief Regional Rhodes Officer. Yeah, he's advocating for it. So what is social procurement? Social procurement is when organizations use their buying power to generate social value above and beyond the value of the goods, services, or construction being procured at Vic Rhodes. See, this is... Okay. This is the problem. They're focusing on one aspect of what they perceive as social value. Any procurement has social value. Any procurement will create wealth, will create employment, and will give people an opportunity. But if you're wasting, you know, but remember, this is from Big Roads. So all the money is stolen out of one hand to shift it and put in the other. So what would you rather? I'd rather more, more money in people's hands. At Big Roads, we'll be using a substantial buying power to generate social value and change across regional and metropolitan Victoria. We'll do this by purchasing goods and services from social suppliers and by including social value outcome requirements in tenders. There you go, through the tender process. And honestly, honestly, this is just going to mean more bullshit and paperwork. It's going to mean putting a tender in for one of these these supply to supply to the to big roads is going to be even more of a pain in the ass for the people putting the tender in it's going to create more work and more red tape and the the scary thing is businesses who want to hire people should you do it on merit if you want to have a social concert cons, uh, a co social conscience and hire people for particular attributes that you want to you know do on your own merit that's fine that's the right of your business but should that give you a commercial advantage in this government procurement system? I'd say it shouldn't. I'd say it should be merit-based. But we're talking about Victoria here. So, I mean, come on. Who are we kidding? Who, who's surprised? Who's surprised? But the problem is, this type of stuff goes through the whole community, goes through the business culture, goes from one business to another. It's like a, it's a disease, really. It's, a, it's insidious. This means that businesses who use social and uh, disability enterprises or Aboriginal businesses in their tenders for government contracts will have a competitive edge over those who don't. There you go. There you go. So they're discriminating. I mean, what, what's an Aboriginal business? What's a disability enterprise? I mean, come on. Guys, seriously. What, what I, I'm going to link to a video. I'm going to write this down here. 10, 1028. Uh, this is a speech by my friend, uh, Goff, who gave uh, to, in front of a, a parliamentary or an event in Canberra with a whole lot of politicians with regards to the disability industry and how he was pretty much screwed over by a lot of the service providers in that industry. They never asked him back again, <laughs> but have a look at it if you want to get a uh, perspective of someone who's had to deal with a lot of these organizations. So this will create jobs for disadvantaged people in the community, including Aboriginal people, long-term job seekers, at-risk women, victims and survivors of family violence, people with a disability, and young Victorians. Okay, so do you want... Are they creating an environment where employers are going to have to ask for this, these type of questions, these type of things? Or are people going to just hire one or two people as a token, stick them in the corner to win the government job? How many people are then going to just be a seat filler? for that that's the danger guys and there's no self-respect in that there's no self-respect in that situation this is going to backfire it's going to cost more it's going to be more red tape it's going to backfire it's going to have it's not going to work 
you know you'll feel good or you, they did what are they they used a particular provider to uh supply their their movie okay cool i would rather i, I tell you what i'd be happy with they used an australian company if they used an australian company then that'd be fine so changing lives connecting communities with our state going through one of the biggest infrastructure booms ever our commitment to social procurement will offer significant opportunities across Victoria. See social procurement in action at Vic Roads. Yeah, there's already made the lives of disadvantaged Victorians and their families. Car wash. Grass cutting and slashing services. Giving work experience and employment to young Victorians. So work experience, that's not even real work. So you've got a few examples here. So Vic Roads has a long-standing commitment to making a positive impact on the economy, community, environment, workplace as part of our core business as a road authority we are committed to increasing our social procurement spending which will increase job opportunities for disadvantaged victorians across the strait um, we access social suppliers through social traders kinaway supply national and buyability so there you go guys i mean i know people are asking the libertarians how would uh, the roads get made without the government well they'd get made cheaper more efficient and with none of this political bullshit involved because all of this makes you feel good you feel nice adds cost and every tax dollar every fee every charge the government takes is less money people can spend on food and housing for their family that's what it comes down to guys so yeah no nah, i'd rather you, re you reduce costs and find other ways to help people yeah not a fan guys let me know what you think. Am I just being too harsh? Is my Prussian ancestry coming out? Maybe it is. Have a good weekend. Like, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you later.